Hey everybody, welcome back to the Netflix Movie Club. I'm Noah. And I'm Tom. And we're the Netflix Movie Club. So today we have a lot of cool things that we're going to talk about, including uh, a movie called It Follows. And it's a horror movie and it's really cool. We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to go into some Netflix news. Uh, as far as hardcore news, we got a little bit of... Uh, talk about what kind of movies are coming to Netflix uh, in the future, not necessarily this month, but first we'll talk about the stuff that is coming in the next week or two since we're going to take a little break for uh, spring break. So on March 10th, we have Buddy Thunderstruck Season 1, Love Season 2, which is a Netflix original, I believe, One More Time Season 1, March 16th, we have Beau Sejour Season 1, March 17th, we have Julie's Green Room Season 1, Samurai Gourmet Season 1, and Iron Fist, which is what our next episode will be on, which is coming out the 21st, I believe. Um, And then, for movies, we have March 7th, we have Amy Schumer, The Leather Special. Um, March 8th, we have Hands of Stone and The Water Boy. March 9th, we have Thithi. It's T H I T H I. Thithi. Someone got a. Sounds like someone with a lisp. Uh, March tenth, we have Burning Sands and the Boss's Daughter. March thirteenth, we have Million Dollar Baby and Must Love Dogs. March fourteenth, we have Pete's Dragon, the Disney movie that came out last year. I think yeah, it was like over the summer. Um, really quick return on these Disney movies now. Um, also, Jim Norton, Mouthful of Shame. Shame, excuse me. Um, March fifteenth, we have the BFG. Also came out uh, relatively recently. Sweet. Uh, notes on blindness. Oh, I just lost my. Sp- okay, March sixteenth we have Coraline. March seventeenth we have Deidre and Lainey Ra- Deidre and Lainey Rabatrain. Uh, Nalidi, a baby elephant's tale, and Pandora. March eighteenth we have Come and Find Me. March twenty first we have Ali and Nino. Um, we have Another Forever, Evolution, and Fire at Sea. And yeah, so that's pretty much what's coming out the rest of these next few weeks. Usually we see this kind of slow down as the month progresses. But um, I think, like I said, we're going to do Iron Fist. That's the big one that we're looking out for. But it also looks like there's some other good ones coming out, like Million Dollar Baby and um, stuff like that. So it's, it's a good month for Netflix stuff so far. Absolutely. And uh, just to real quick go over them, uh, recently there's been a lot of trailers for some really good-looking movies for Netflix they are like, completely Netflix uh, originals uh, exclusives uh, with like a lot of like really recognizable actors Mm -hmm. so we got The Discovery we've already like briefly talked about that with uh, Jason Segel and Robert Redford and Rooney Mara yeah Kate Mara's sister yeah Uh, that's how I know her (laughs) Um, yeah like it's like all about the discovery of the afterlife and all the crazy stuff that could go along with it and it looks like a really interesting science fiction movie and the next one, which is kind of like recently, we like found out about it through the Oscars because they had a TV spot with it. Uh, it's called Bright, and it's written by Max Landis, the guy who wrote Chronicle and uh, what is this American show? American Ultra. American and Ultra. Also, um, you know, oh, talking no, about the show, uh, that he's doing? Dirk, Dirk Gently, Gently. yeah, uh, some holistic detective agency. Yeah, like he, he's written all that stuff, and he, he wrote this movie. It's called Bright. It stars Will Smith. And this other dude, but I couldn't recognize him because of the all the prosthetics and stuff that he's wearing. Uh, but it's about this cop that takes place in this universe where all these different fantasy creatures exist. So like orcs, elves, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Like kind of like uh, like a fantasy Dungeons and Dragons type characters. All these characters have existed throughout history, 
and it takes place in some sort of city where, uh, like, you know, there's these cops, and it's, like, Will Smith, and he partners with an orc, and it's, like, a mixture of, like, this crazy fantasy stuff and also, like, a gritty cop movie, and it looks really, really interesting. I'm skeptical because I feel like there's not been a lot of successful movies that have mixed... Like, mixed genres? Yeah. I think it could be really good just because, like... Max Landis is a really good writer. I think the most important thing to note about it, though, is that um, Netflix is taking a huge swing on this movie. You got, first of all, you got Will Smith in a Netflix original, which is huge. But then the um, rumored budget is $90 million, which is uh, insane for even a normal movie, not only a Netflix movie. So it's like they're hoping they'll really just kill it in this movie. So, But I, I have faith in Netflix. Usually they make really solid content, especially the stuff that they really put a lot of effort into. Um, and like a lot of, uh, like, you know, they're, tr- they're putting these trailers during the Oscars and stuff like that, actual TV spots. It seems like they're really trying to hit this one. So I have, I have faith that this is at least not going to be terrible. Yeah. But I'll see. Yeah. It's definitely one to, to keep your eye open for. And the next one, uh, was also pretty interesting. It's called Sandcastle. Uh, if I'm correct, this is the, uh, war movie. Like it's like during Iraq, uh, the Iraq war and, uh, has, Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman in Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, and also Nicholas Holt. Uh, he was in Mad Max, Fury Road. Yeah. He's been in a lot of the recent X-Men movies as Beast. He was in the Warm Bodies movie. The mm-hmm. He was the zombie boy. Uh, it, it's just pretty much about like soldiers and stuff, and it looks really interesting. And the next one is also kind of in the same vein. It's called War Machine, and it has uh, Brad Pitt, which is also another huge actor. Uh, and then the last one, which it's it's another science fiction one, and it looks really interesting to say the least, because mm-hmm. the trailer gives absolutely nothing away, except for there's like some stuff with like science and nature. <laughs> it's called Okja, O K J A. Uh, Wasn't she going like Osha? Osha, it could be. I don't want to butcher it because she had an accent, yeah. but like definitely sounded like it was Osha. Yeah. So it's it's definitely, you know. Something, I don't know how to pronounce they it. They literally but gave nothing away in the trailer, yeah, like, and you're like, "What was that about?" It's got Tilda Swinton, and you're like, "And some animal thing," and you're like, "Okay." Yeah, like I don't know what it is, but I'm in. I guess Tilda Swinton's <laughs> a scientist, and like the 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 uh, the texts on the screen talk about like like humanity and like nature coming together, and then at the end, it's a woman like uh, like petting an an animal, but like throughout the trailer, you can see these these like. Uh, like 3D renderings of sort some sort of animal on the computer, uh, and like I think like we were talking about it a little bit. Like maybe they put a human's consciousness inside some sort of genetically, you know, created animal or something like a test mm-hmm. tube animal, uh, which which is which is a really interesting concept if that's what they're gonna go with. Uh, it'd be really mm-hmm. cool to see like like the the moral dilemma behind that if if they even address What's something that? like that. What anime is that? Full Full Metal Alchemist. Where he puts his daughter, he turns his daughter into a dog. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe it's gonna be something like that. But it's like super messed up. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Just like a recap, they're getting like a lot of big name, really talented actors. Um, Tilda Swinton, Henry Cavill, Brad Pitt. Oh, see, Brad Pitt, I would argue, has really not made. But he's still like you know like a, a household big, name. Yeah, like, you know. But yeah, they're like really getting huge actors. So it, I think it's kind of both because they want to start hitting original content more and get more people to come for the original content so that way they have to phase they can phase out the third party titles 
Um, and also because now they're having more competitors um, with, uh, especially with like YouTube just announced uh, earlier this they have week. A television streaming service now. Or, yeah, yeah. It's well, I don't know if it's out yet, but it will be soon. And it's like it was like thirty bucks a month or something like that, or maybe thirty five bucks a month. And you get like a bunch of um, TV channels that you can stream from YouTube. You get like pause features. You get like unlimited DVR and stuff like that. So now you have cable without actually needing to have cable um so i feel like there's there's gonna be a strong competitor there um because people like netflix because you can watch television kind of and like movies on the internet and now you're gonna have literally being able to watch that as it airs yeah Uh, it'll be interesting to see if netflix is at all impacted by that or other streaming services for that matter especially stuff like hulu that is like that's what they're known for kind of is having a lot of their shows yeah come out like the day after or something like that or so it'll be interesting to see that impact. I think it sounds like a super interesting thing. I'd be curious to see if they would uh, be inclined to do something similar to that or put their own spin on it. And Netflix? Yeah, like uh, yeah. whether it be like through like, you know, television yeah. stations or something I like that. I feel like they should, I mean, like they have like some stuff that are like from the big channels. I feel like like Showtime and stuff like that. But I feel like if they added like, like some HBO some package like a lot of like Amazon Prime um, like their Amazon is a video one and I think Hulu even has like packages where you can get like Showtime and then you get all the Showtime shows as well so it'd be interesting if Amazon or uh, Netflix integrated that somehow into there absolutely that'd be really cool or even like bumping a subscription price or a little bit or another tier that just has like yeah and a little nudged it up a little bit yeah. some for some more stuff definitely so right now we're gonna get into the movie uh, it follows. It's what? When did it come out? 2015, 20, 2016? 2014. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's like a horror movie. And do you want to basically give out the the premise for it? Yeah. So basically, it is there's this thing that doesn't have a name called the entity. And basically, you get it if you have sex with somebody that are that has had it or like that had it previously so basically it's kind of like an STD. i want to i'm gonna kinda, i don't know i don't want to spoil it but like so basically if you have a person that has this entity they have sex with somebody else the entity now isn't going to bother them it's going to bother the person they just had sex with it's like an std in that way um but the entity is this thing that'll be constantly walking towards you at just like a walking speed and it can look like anybody or anything but once it gets to you it's gonna violently murder you and then it's gonna start moving up the chain to the person that gave it to you and so on and so forth and the only way you can get rid of it is by having sex with another person and hoping that they have sex with other people and this continues so that's pretty much the premise of the movie and it's a lot of like suspense because you're like who is it you're like, like yeah you basically like this thing's always walking when's it gonna show up what's it gonna look like um and that kind of thing and also the person the people that have had the entity I don't know if it's the entire chain or just the people that had it and the person that had it previously those are the only people that can see it so it's like you kind of have this dilemma of like is this thing if you're a friend of that person you're like is this thing really real are they having some kind of mental breakdown what's happening and so there's that I think this movie honestly is one of the best horror films that have come out of the genre in like recent years uh, especially since like the 2010s um, there's been some really good ones especially like you have con- the Conjuring movies are fantastic and stuff like that very different veins but I feel like this is like one of the most original and one of the like um, most revitalizing for the genre I would say I agree definitely and it's interesting that it's like seen in this way um, because it has a really weird uh, aesthetic about it because it's like the time frame is very ambiguous um you have modern clothes you have like some people have cell phones and then they also dress like 
80s or 70s. Their TVs are from like the 70s or 80s. Um, the music is very uh, synthy and exactly. like like kind of out of an 80s horror movie. So you kind of get this really weird sense of um, time. You can't really like place it in time. Which is actually sure. like an interesting fact that I found was that that was on purposefully so that it felt more like a dream. Wow, that's really interesting. There, I was looking some stuff up, and there's actually a whole lot of interesting stuff about that. But yeah, it's interesting considering, like, that he's trying to go for the dream thing. I don't know if that was like saying, like, is this really real, or like maybe he's just trying to highlight the surreal surrealism of like of, the situation. Yeah, but it's really, really good. Um, basically, I'm gonna. That's the premise, but I'll tell you a little bit of the story without trying to spoil it too much. Which. I guess light spoilers or mild spoilers if you don't want to know what happens at all. I won't spoil the whole thing, but I might just give you, like, how the movie starts. Little and like that. It follows this girl named Jay um, who gets the entity, and then it follows her for a while, and she does. She kind of has a... She doesn't believe it for a while until she comes, like, face-to-face with it, um, and it kind of follows her, and she has this dilemma of like, who can I give it to? This is should I give it to someone? Yeah, exactly. Um, and how can I figure out exactly what this is about? What do I do? Can I just like kill it as is, or is it like is it some kind of invincible being? Um, but yeah, it's really really interesting because a lot of the a lot of horror movies now can kind of focus on like, or I feel like a. Uh, cliche is um, relying on jump scares too heavily or something yeah. like that. This one is almost all like terror and suspense. Like we said, you don't know when it's coming, and so there's a lot of like moments where you're just like, there's like a person just walking by. There's, yeah, there's like a wide shot or something, or you see in the background somebody just walking, and you're like, is, is that, that person it? walking yeah. towards them because it's the thing, or is it just a person walking? And there's a lot of like unsettled. Unsettlement? Un- I don't Unsettlement. Know. Yeah, I mean, like, you're constantly just, like, uh, in this unease. state. Yeah, of unease. Because you don't know who's the monster and who's not. Like, I mean, there are times where it's, like, super obvious, mm-hmm. of course. But, like, in other times where it's, like, they're, say, like, at school because they're all teenagers. Yeah. Like, is is that the monster? Is that the monster? Like, mm-hmm. or just, you know, in places in general. So you're just kind of, like, constantly in your head thinking, is that it? Is that it? So, mm-hmm. like... A lot of the times, like, your imagination is, like, worse than, like, what's actually going on. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I want to say that this movie was supposed to have a dual release on VOD, which is, I believe, like, some kind of movie distribution uh, site, um, as well as in theaters, select theaters. But it was super well received by, like, test audiences that they decided to just eliminate the VOD release and go straight to a theatrical release, which I think really did it well because it got into people's... um, attention got their attention people got to see how good of a movie this really is how original it is um and something another interesting thing is that it kind of focuses on old horror movie tropes in a way but is still very original so you have it kind of pays tribute in some ways um the first girl um is named in like the very beginning her name is annie and that's i read that it was like are you talking about from the opening scene yeah, um, that's a tribute to a girl that named Annie Brackett that was in, like, a Halloween movie, I think. I'm not really sure what that movie she was in, right. but she was in, like, a horror movie. Um, but also, the main character, her name is Jay. So they said that that's short for Jamie, which is a tribute to Jamie Lee Curtis, the Scream Queen, um, and stuff like that. But also, like we said, um, you get the music is very, like, 80s horror movie type, very synthy and electronic in that way. Yeah. But then also, um, the trope of... Um, people that are falling victim or people that have committed vice. Like, that's kind of a horror movie thing that's gone on for a long time. Like, 
the virgin, the survivor girl, is the one that lasts to the end, doesn't get punished, or may still die, but like they're the one that has a chance of surviving. Then everybody else, those are the ones that die. The camp counselors that are doing drugs and you know having sex, those are the ones that get punished. And that's kind of seemed like it was a, a critique of society in that way. It was like these people are engaging in vice. Now they're punished. Now it's like a message in that way. And I feel like this isn't necessarily trying to send that message, um, but it's definitely. They're utilizing those tropes that were, like, prevalent in older movies. Absolutely. And this one is obviously more overt um, in its, like, messages because it's very, very surface level. It's like, you have sex with somebody, now something's going to try to kill you. And it's, like, very... It's not as, like, subtle. It's very overt, which I think is still good. Um, So interesting. I also, like, noticed kind of, like, uh, one of the the, the other tropes of older horror movies in this, uh, the opening scene is just, like... Uh, the camera weaving throughout a like a suburban mm-hmm. neighborhood and that's like always like a huge thing in like super, like older horror yeah. movies like in the 80s or the 70s where it's just like oh it's the POV shot of the guy creeping around your mm-hmm. your bushes or whatever and like that was kind of like in the same thing except like you have no idea what's going on because it's yeah. you know it's just some girl walking around and you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. so like that that was another trope I just noticed but on and on top of like these tropes and like this story there's also a whole lot of interesting deeper symbolism i guess uh, or messages um i was reading that there's a significant allusion to like teenage problems because they're all like teenagers or young adults um because they're in like college high school age um that's also left kind of ambiguous but one of i think jay mentions like back in high school at one point so that's like the only allusion you get to like maybe they're somewhat age because uh, there was one character that was like referenced as t- being 21 years old so like maybe because th- there is no definitive timeline yeah. in this so maybe there's some sort of alternative school system set yeah. up or something possibly uh, yeah, something else we didn't mention is that um, with the ambiguous timeline like you have like we said there's the old time like TVs and the aesthetic to it and then also like modern cars and then some girl um, Yara has just like this high tech self phone shell device phone. Yeah. It, it looks like a shell it, they, they actually shell phone would have been way more good because it's like a pun and creative and but the thing is kind of silly and i read there was like the clam shell and i'm like that's weak that's lame uh but still like there's like a, that's another thing i just remembered anyways allusion to like teenage problems in a way that um so there's a part where i think that they were i don't remember exactly when this was in the movie i think it was when they're talking to hugh and they're all sitting in a circle um, Jay is like picking grass up and she puts it on her legs I believe and like lines or maybe it was on her arms and eh, that's not important but it's like that's an allusion to like cutting um, and suicide and stuff like that just like a little subtle thing about teenage problems um, as well uh, after this one I felt like could have been interpreted a different way other than how they had it here um, was that after Jay gets back from a hospital visit or a, I don't know, maybe, did she go to the hospital? She went to the hospital. I'm talking about the, I don't think she was in the hospital the first time. She gets back from a traumatic thing that happened, and she's, like, in her room, and there's, like, a plate of food next to her bed. Doesn't eat it. They show it later, still not eat, like, days later, still not eat, and then I think it's, they show that it's got a little bit of mold on it, a tiny bit. Oh, man. Um, but uh, that's, uh, they're saying that this is an allusion to eating disorders among the teenage community. And the other one was that 
on top of all that food, well, not on top of literally, but like next to it on a napkin, they had a pill. That's the only thing that gets like taken that we noticed is missing. And that's maybe that's an allusion to drug abuse or drug dependency uh, or stuff like that in the teenage uh, years or community. So there's like, there's some definitely like deeper stuff in there as well. I think it, it really hits a wide range of things in terms of that. But some other really cool stuff about the movie is the score. I think this score is uh, fantastic because of like it's like Synthy we said vibe, like it's 80s vibe um, it was done by a band called Blasterpiece the entire thing um, and they were chosen because they did a the score for the video game Fez which is like an arcade-ish game um, but a lot of people really liked it um it's really, really good. I've listened to it a few times. Some of it's harder to listen to just if you're relaxing because it's like intense. It's some at times. there's like yeah, there's definitely the reused like song or sound when the the, the thing the is entity, around, yeah, um, which is a little bit uh, anxiety provoking. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it is very like uh, I'd, I'd say almost ambient. It's really, really nice sounding. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really solid um, score. Something else interesting is the budget was only $1.3 million. That sounds about right, because it didn't seem like there was anything, you know... Yeah, practical effects yeah. or special effects-wise, there wasn't. There really wasn't a whole lot, um, so it definitely would be easy. Also, it was filmed... Well, uh, practical effects means that there's, like, no CGI. Yeah, but that's still money to make that. You know what I mean? Oh, never mind. Wait, what were you saying? You, didn't, you were saying there wasn't a lot of practical effects, but, like, there was minor CGI, but, like... Uh, a lot of the time, it, there wasn't any CGI. There was just, like, camera tricks and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There wasn't, like, any effects at all because they didn't... Well, there wasn't any special effects. There wasn't a lot of special effects. Okay, but, but you know what I mean. Like, it, it was, like, a very, like, uh, like really, like, low-budget, grounded, like, looking, like, movie. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything over the top. There wasn't any flying monsters shooting out lightning from their uh, noses or anything. <laughs> it was just, like, a simple, like, teenage, you know, horror movie. Mm-hmm. It was also filmed in our home state of Michigan. It yeah, was it was filmed in Detroit. Detroit, which is really cool. Um, so some I have some like interesting little tidbits in here. Is that the tall guy? The tall guy um, was from D. Is actually from. He's a Detroit resident, and he is one half of the world's tallest twins. Wow. He's seven seven. Wow. Which he's seen really tall. That's really interesting. um, Thing. So another message in there or like parallel was that they're playing old maid at one point, which is a similarity to it because you got to pass something on so that you don't lose or get affected by it. Um, Another interesting thing that I can't really, that might have something to do with the dream type thing of the whole movie is that all of the entities like forms are all wear either white almost entirely or they're dressed um in some nude fashion um so except for like one girl who's still in the beginning who still isn't fully dressed but like she's also not wearing any white there's an interesting thing there and then at the end of the movie you also have um two characters that are wearing white similar to how the entity did and maybe there's some kind of flip-flop there also apparently uh there's a message on there that says here lie the bones of blank character which is it's like it, it kind of is very dreamy or like afterlifey vibe and you're like well maybe this is yeah maybe this is all a dream maybe this is something different entirely there's a lot of mixed messages around there around, around the ambigu- ambiguity of time one more thing I wanted 
to ask like a just a quick wrap up thing. well I want to say a question if you somehow got this thing what would you do uh, I would probably try to find hypothetically if there is in this world uh, some sort of like government agency you know cause like uh, th- that's a big deal and you're just a bunch of teenagers in a suburban area like I would try to get involved with some sort of like you know men in black type of thing you know like hey there's like an invisible entity killing people what's up let's go let's go kill Mm -hmm. this thing you know like I would at least attempt to try to talk to the police and you know like try to set up a situation where they could see that it was there you know yeah like and try to like you know like hey I'm not crazy there is literally a thing trying to kill everyone and it's invisible so you know? something else that we mentioned when we were watching it was that why doesn't somebody just fly to like somewhere some like other like a continent? remote island yeah and I was reading another interesting is that the, the director David Mitchell said that it could potentially board a plane and just fly get on a plane and no I mean no one would know no one could see it no one would know and then it could just get there so as far as walking goes it would then probably walk to you but still like nowhere is safe it seems. It would have been funny if, like, at the end of the movie, like, someone just gets on a plane and goes, and then there's a post credit scene. It's just the monster sitting on a plane. That, yeah, it really would with, be With, like, goofy. ambient, like, plane <laughs> noises, like, babies crying and stuff. It does, and have, just, a, like, it does have a really good ending, though, I think. Yeah. I, there's, like, some it's, critique it's, of it. It's very open-ended. Yeah. At least it tries to be, I think. Um, but, yeah. So, that is pretty much it for It Follows. Any final thoughts? Uh, just that it was, like, a really, really cool horror movie. I'm kind of new to the genre and I'm like really you know like mm-hmm. checking some stuff out and I thought this was like a really well done really effective horror movie I'll say the same I think horror is definitely the genre that it's easiest to get wrong especially nowadays you have a lot of recycled material you have a lot of you have the sequel sequelitis and prequelitis that's going on right now and I Absolutely. think David Mitchell really created something original and he's doing some other stuff coming out sooner but I don't think a lot of it's horror so I'd be really interested to see him take on the horror genre again would you hypothetically like this to get a sequel or do you want it just to be a standalone I think it should just be a standalone okay, because be they inter- could always do like another uh, group of people or something like that they could potentially but I, f- I don't want them to do it yeah, yeah like I'm not I'm just saying like that that is a possibility the movie didn't I, as good as it was it, I mean it made profit I believe um, but it was uh, nothing one, to warrant 1.3 million one. budget but it only made like 20 million dollars or something like that which is kind of low but like decent for a horror movie but I don't think it's enough that people are like that they think that people are like dying for another one I think people understand that this is like a really good standalone movie but like I said I'd really love to see what David Mitchell does it's a really solid original movie um, really really creative and innovative in terms of the genre he's breathing life back into it using old uh, using a bit of the old and a lot of the new so it's I, it's really really solid I highly recommend you check it out if you're a horror movie fan or even if you're just down to be a little bit scared. A little spooked. Uh, But that's pretty much it. Uh, Thanks for listening. You could check us out on our Twitter at CMU Netflix Club and also going to be making a uh, Facebook page. Eventually. We keep talking about it, but we will. We're going to do it. It's going to be cool. So yeah, you can uh, follow us on there eventually. And you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and cm-life.com. I guess that's where we get a lot of our listens, so that's super cool. Uh, So that's pretty much it. I'm Noah. And I'm Tom. And thanks for listening.
Emerging from the great dumpster fire that was 2016, Ben Solis and Noah Bayshore find themselves ready to take on anything 2017 has to throw at them. Whether it be taxes, George Clooney's nipple suit, or Shia LaBeouf memes, these gentlemen are ready for a super fight. Will Ben ever recover from Birdemic? Will Noah ever grow a real beard? Tune in to the next season of Raving Geeks for all your nerd news and musings from CM Life's premier geek culture podcast. Geek culture. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next... Oh no, (laughs) that's not happening.